1: Welcome to Rex Factor! This week, Isabella Ovalwa!
0: With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Booth. Hello, hello, and welcome to Rex Factor, reviewing all the Queen and Prince consorts of England from Elswith to Prince Philip, and as you've heard today, we are reviewing Isabella of Valois, second Queen consort of Richard II, and the last in this little mini-series before I go on my next study break. Oh, where are you going? Uh, Pretty much here, but I'm going to turn and look at the computer rather than you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And you'll just sit there patiently waiting for me to finish.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, that'd be lovely. I'd love to just sit and watch you work. And this, be I get the sense there'd be a, one of those moments when I say
0: to Rude Dad, he's busy He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just start fiddling. Yeah, yeah tit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, where we are at rexfactorpod, like the Rex Factor Podcast Facebook page, and email us at rexfactorpodcast at hotmail.com. And we're a free podcast, but if you'd like to hear more of us, you can donate monthly, join the Privy Council, uh, by going to www.patreon.com forward slash rexfactor. We've got some new gear. We you, do. You've got a You've got a regular... Floor, floor stand. Which I mean, because last time, because last time was the first time we'd done this in person for so long.
1: Oh yeah, we we're in person now.
0: That, I mean, yeah. Indeed. So I suddenly found myself having to try to look at you, but with a stand that was on the table that I can't sit yeah. around. So I yeah. was having to awkwardly... Yeah, it looked uncomfortable. Um, so I'm now sat, and because it can go all the way back, I can actually do the very rare thing of sitting back in the chair as you're meant to. Yeah.
1: You need to get thrown like this. Mm-hmm. And I've got myself a groovy headset.
0: Yeah. Um, which we're not using today
1: Which we're not using, it yet. <laughs> yeah uh, And I promise it is not for gaming
0: because I get nightmares so don't play games <laughs> anymore
1: Biography
0: uh, Isabella was born on the 9th of November 1389 And she was the daughter of King Charles the Sixth of France and Isabella of Bavaria Wow, another, another um, princess Indeed, another French princess so This is why we know when she's born Indeed, yes, and she's the oldest of their children to survive infancy as well Crikey, that is a uh, so she's the best of the
1: best here.
0: Mm. Um, whose wife is she? Richard the II. Second, Richard the Second's second wife. Because we did Anna Bohemia last time. Yeah, she died.
1: He uh, okay. She was super young.
0: Uh, Peasants' revolt. Peasants' revolt yeah. did happen, but that was before Richard and Anne got married. Oh, okay. You're almost bringing too much knowledge. I
1: know. <laughs> You've been really on here. it today.
0: Is I uh, <laughs> you don't know what to do with all of this uh, I've efficient in the right energy. Leads.
1: I've brought in the right stand. Okay. Yeah, pin it down. What's going on? Sorry, I'll listen Well, now.
0: let's get to Isabella yeah, Valois. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you said, back to a French princess um, called, and indeed, a French princess called Isabella. I'm
1: so confused. They don't help, do they? It does Just not like help. Jeffrey.
0: Well, consorts, of course, are usually given the suffix of their place of origin. So Isabella of of France, um, Anne of Bohemia, Philippa of Hainaut. But in this instance, Isabella of Valois is the dynasty, not the place. And that is to help us differentiate between the two Isabellas, because it would be confusing if we called her Isabella of France, which technically she is.
1: Yeah, yeah, too.
0: The difference is that Isabella of France, the consort of Edward II, couldn't be described as Isabella of Valois because Isabella of France was part of the Capetian dynasty, and that ended with the death of Isabella's brother, Charles IV, in 1328. Okay. So when he died, and there were no male Mm. successors, the throne then went to a cousin, which was the Valois dynasty. So it goes to uh, Isabella's cousin, Philip VI. So this claim based on male primogeniture, i.e. it can't pass through a woman, was of course disputed by England with Edward III, saying he'd got the better claim by strict primogeniture through his mother, Isabella of France, and that's where the Hundred Years' War comes along. Okay. Um, I like that idea of having, of France, if they're daughter of
1: the king, you just have one, two, three, name them like uh, (laughs) uh, we would king's names.
0: But yes, so Isabella of Valois is obviously also of France, but she is... Slightly different dynasty to yeah. uh, Isabella of France. Was she known as that in her life? Or was that just us? Um, I guess you would just. It could have just been Isabella. It wouldn't have been confusing, would it? Because there's no, it anyone around? Yes, because Isabella of France, no. of course, dead by this point. Um, but yes, definitely, historians would have looked at that and thought, "Oh dear, uh, we need oh, a thing here." Oh, every rule just brings us back to the same name. <laughs> what do we <laughs> yeah. do? What do we do? <laughs> um, Isabella's. Uh, father, Charles VI, was uh, the great-grandson of Philip VI, like the first Valois king, uh, and he becomes king of France in 1380. And this is the Charles who is sadly known as the Mad. Glassman. The Glassman, indeed. Suffers from serious mental health problems from 1392 onwards, when uh, Isabella was just three years old. Uh, the first incident was sparked when he star- was startled uh, on a march with his troops when somebody dropped a lance, and he just charged at and attacked his men until they managed to hold him down. Oh, God. And he fell into a coma. Um, Yeah, he has various mental breakdowns throughout his life, Uh, most famously, as you said, this glass delusion, thinking he was made of glass and worrying he might shatter. Uh, So consequently, Isabella's mother, Isabella of Bavaria, was an unusually powerful queen. Mm. Um, Charles even grants her a seat on the Regency Council in one of his more lucid moments. Uh, now, it's fortunate for France that this uh, doesn't come at a time of direct conflict with England. Because, as you said, we have that uh, 100 years war conflict uh, with Edward III claiming the throne. And he has all these magnificent victories from the 1340s to the 1360s. Um, but since then, the French have regained much of the territory, won by England. Why was that? Who lost that? Richard? Uh, well, Edward getting older and going into decline. And then the Regency years when all the great Edwardian knights have died. Okay. So it's not that Richard himself has lost it, really, but it's his... Yeah. Council, his minority.
1: Uh, and Richard is Edward's son. Grandson. Grandson, because the black prince died. Yes.
0: Okay. Why is he so rubbish then? He's got a great lineage. Not quite the same stock, even though he was literally the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously, bad time uh, for England. They've lost all this territory. Edward III and all of that great generation died. Richard II was the child king and the black death had obviously huge mm. impact on England and France, so they're not really in a position to take advantage of France having a mad king at this point. Oh, that's a shame. Though many though many of the nobles do still have such ambitions. Yeah, why don't they go and do it? Has there ever been a war that the
1: nobles have got on?
0: Look, mate, we just, we just fancy it. You can stay here, we're going to go yeah. off and invade France. Yeah. It takes quite a lot of resources, I think, to invade, well, any country, but particularly France.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, Richard, though, is determined on peace with France. Oh. He doesn't want war, I know. Oh. Oh, peace. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the word. In uh, 1395, the uh, chronicler Jean Froissart, that we talked about oh, yeah. uh, quite a bit in previous episodes yeah, he returned to England after being away for many years, um, having, of course, been patronised by Edward III's concert, uh. Uh, consort, Philippa of Hainaut. It's a bit of a sad return at first, because obviously Edward, Philippa, the Black Prince, all these people he'd known uh, yeah. are dead. Uh, hardly anybody knows who he is now. And even all the inns he used to stay in have uh, disappeared and closed down.
1: Oh, man.
0: So it's like visiting all your old haunts, but everyone's yeah. gone.
1: Oh, that's that's fascinating, though. That to, that it, That's the same sort of complaint that um, those in decline say mm. now. Yeah. Oh, everything's changed. Of course it has. It always changes. It <laughs> always has done. There's an idea that that inn would be there forever. Uh,
0: however, he's well-received by Richard, um, and he'd actually been at Richard's birth and christening. Oh. Not in the room, but in the house, when Richard was born. Um, And he learns of Richard's intentions.
1: To do what? Oh, bring him back.
0: France, and indeed of uh, everything else. Mm. The King of England is very keen to marry again, and it is the daughter of the King of France that appeals to him. But all of his countrymen are amazed that he wishes to marry his enemy's daughter. His popularity has decreased, but he does not mind for he is known to support the view that there ought now to be a lasting peace between himself and the King of France and all their allies. The war between them, he says, has lasted too long. Too many valiant men on both sides have lost their lives. Too many evil deeds have been perpetrated, and too many Christian folk have been destroyed to the great weakening of Christendom.
1: Us, I mean, that's good good stuff, right? Oh, very laudable. Yeah. I mean, um, what... I thought marrying the marrying into France so that the the uh, the thrones were combined was the whole point that's what the black prince nearly did uh, no edward the huh? wasn't he about to become oh he's about to become king henry the henry the Fifth.
0: you're moving a bit ahead
1: but that's it isn't it they want france that's the ultimate gain
0: well i mean i think really richard isn't after that Richard thinks let's just stop spending all this money on killing each other
1: it's a good point isn't it just they're two different countries just, yeah why <laughs> <sighs> it must just get boring Don't choose someone else go to America yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> just, let's just discover a new country we can all invade for,
1: 1492 wasn't it oh 100 years yeah good 100 years but still you know
0: yeah. <laughs> just keep That's that what one we done. keep that one on the back burner <laughs> Um, now, Richard had been grief-stricken by the death of his first wife, Anne of Bohemia, uh, in 1394, but his desire for peace, and also his need for an heir, because he didn't have any children with Anne, means that he is willing to take another wife. So, in 1396, an English delegation is sent to Paris to open negotiations for a peace treaty, and indeed, for a royal marriage, which will, of course, be between Richard II and the eldest daughter of Charles VI, Good. Isabella of Valois. Nice. Tidy. Um, now, Isabella is only six years old at this point.
1: Oh. Right.
0: But she seems to have made a very good impression on the English ambassadors. Uh, the Earl Marshal knelt before her uh, and said, Madam, if it please God, you shall be Queen and Mistress of England. And in response, Isabella says, without any prompting from anyone around her, If it pleases God and my Lord and Father that I shall be Queen of England, I shall gladly accept my lot, for they tell me I should then be a great lady.
1: Um, but that's Mar- William, the Marshal Marshal. Uh, or the the title.
0: It's the title. Mm. Um which was sort of where his name kind of yeah. comes from.
1: Yeah. It, it's amazing that he, one person m- made a role and the role was called them. Like Caesar actually.
0: I think it might be the other way round.
1: He had the role of Marshall.
0: So he was called Marshall.
1: Oh, that's a shame. I thought it was like he was great. Can there can there be one so of them? We all the be
0: called Marshall. <laughs> yeah. We need an alley. Ah, Jonathan Chancellor did a great job looking after the money. We should... uh...
1: (laughs) Yeah, but come on, come on, don't forget Richard
0: King. (laughs) She then took the old marshal's hand, bade him stand, led him to his mother. So the English uh, enthusiastically write back to Richard that she is likely to be a lady of high honour and great goodness. Poor kid. Mm. Uh, The marriage is not quite agreed at this point, though. There's still the slightly awkward fact that Isabella was actually betrothed to the eldest son of the Duke of Brittany. Right. Uh, but this seems to have been quite easily dealt with, presumably. Lots of money sent that way, and it's the King of France. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, marriage is agreed. Uh, there's going to be a dowry of 800,000 francs, which is about £130,000. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So that's like £79 million pounds now.
1: Yeah, What's that a hospital?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's quite a lot. Particularly bearing in mind that Anne of Bohemia's dowry had been £80,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is quite a step up. Yeah. Um, there will be a truce lasting for 28 years. Mm-hmm. So it's not a complete, we are now at peace, yeah. but it's quite a long standing.
1: 28 years, does that like, take them to a round century or something? What date is it? Is it 72? Um,
0: it was originally 25 years, and then they just sort of stuck another three years <laughs> on as a bonus. <laughs> oh, that's so strange. Uh, there's a promise that any sons by Richard and Isabella will not inherit the French throne. Oh. Because this is all a peace peace accord, so the French were saying, look, last time you did this marriage, we had all sorts of trouble, so this time, definitely no claim to the French, though. Exactly.
1: Um, oh, but that's the whole point, right? Oh, I'm getting the wrong end of the now it's just peace.
0: Richard it's- wants peace. Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> I mean, there are nobles in England who are absolutely reacting the same <laughs> way that you are.
1: You're yeah, the same hand. I'm saying to them, stop reacting like that, it's really difficult.
0: <laughs> Everyone's going around the table agreeing, and every now and again, you just shout out,
1: Peace? <laughs> and everyone goes, oh
0: yeah. Well, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Peace? But we're the king of France. No, we've <laughs> talked about this. Oh, it's tough. That's the thing you don't say. Um, they also agree that uh, Richard will oppose the Pope in Rome and uh, join France to help end the Western Schism where we had a Pope in Rome and a Pope mm. in France elected as rivals. So it's quite ironic because Richard's previous marriage to Anne of Bohemia had been arranged by the Roman Pope in order to facilitate his position. Whereas now, Richard's second wife is in opposition.
1: Oh, she wants the French Pope. Of Mm. course she does.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if Isabella herself is particularly uh, (laughs) strongly... (laughs) But
1: it's the one down in Toulouse or wherever it was. Avignon. Avignon, Mm. yeah. Okay, I really want to see that tidied up. That's one thread too many.
0: (laughs) There's also known, of course, that um, it was in 1308 when the King of England married... A French princess called Isabella, that the Hundred Years' War started, and it's now with Richard II that he's marrying a French princess called Isabella to end the Hundred Years' War.
1: Good, <laughs> yeah, that's nice.
0: So, the marriage is celebrated with a great pageantry in France on the fourth of November, thirteen ninety-six, um, following a proxy marriage taking place a few days earlier.
1: Oh, they'll get married in France.
0: Indeed, they'll get married in France. Rich and Charles meet in person at Ard near Calais yeah. with their magnificent festivities for several weeks um, in a field populated with ornate tents brimming with jewels and gifts like golden model ships and horses with silver saddles. It's all something of a precursor to the field of cloth of gold with Henry yeah. VIII and Francois I.
1: Yeah. Weird, though, isn't it? When you, It's a bit like the Millennium Dome. What do you actually put in these things? <laughs> yeah. There's only so many pigs going around on a spit that can entertain. I
0: mean, to be fair, in terms of your proclivities, if they they answer to you is lots of model ships and horses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I Maybe love not the horses actually. very much, but,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I went to a model show, so actually... <laughs> that's What are you even going
0: to put in this massive tent? Just some models? Some yeah.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Say no more, I'm there. How much do you need? Blank check.
0: We thought some tapestries and no... <laughs> no, 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 you've... You've
1: got it, you've got it. There's a a vicar coming over from Chartres who has most incredible... No!
0: (laughs) Unless you're going to say models. Are you going to say
1: models?
0: (laughs) Um, It's rather different to Henry and Francois out there because they um, were all full of ego and end up basically hating each other by the end of it. Whereas Richard and Charles, both a bit more pious and they really like the idea that they are posing as the sort of chivalric saviors of Christendom, bringing the Christian nations back together, allowing for peace. There's even talks of a new crusade.
1: Oh, that's, uh, that's disappointing. Let's have some peace by...
0: Invading somebody else. It's yeah. not peace for the sake of peace so much as France is a bit tough. Maybe we should try someone yeah. a bit easier.
1: Let's be friends and gang up on someone else. Yeah, We're still quite...
0: Still like people. the war stuff, yeah. just not with somebody we can't beat.
1: Oh, that's a shame. I was about to say, I really like this Richard fellow. What's wrong with him? <laughs> but, yeah,
0: now, the most important thing for Isabella, of all of this, of course, is that she is now married to Richard II. Mm. Uh, she was presented to him a few days before the wedding in a blue velvet dress sewn with golden fleur-de-lis and wearing a diadem of uh, gold and pearls. Rather intimidating event for her, given that she's still a few days shy of her seventh birthday, whereas Richard is 30 years old. Oh,
1: that's gruesome, isn't it?
0: Indeed, uh, she's so young, Her um, part of her household items that we know that are listed are her dolls. Because she's still a child.
1: I mean, there's no, there's no uh, hint of any...
0: No, we'll, we'll come on to that okay. shortly, but no, it's, right. it's, it's fine from that perspective. Um, and there's also rather a lot of pressure being placed on this marriage. Mm. You know, you've been shouting, why are we going to war? And Richard's <laughs> shouting about peace. Um, and indeed, the treaty that agrees all of this makes pretty clear that there's an element of pressure here. The numerous great and widespread outrages, evils, enormities, wrongs, and shedding of human blood occasioned by the war should cease. Beneficial agreements, peace, and harmony between the kings of England and France should swiftly be brought into being to last for a long time in the future, and that friendship and cooperation of an exemplary kind should be fostered between their kingdoms and subjects. Disagree, sir. <laughs> I'm saying it's presumably at that point that the Archbishop turns to Isabella and says, and now if you repeat after me, I, Isabella. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, she is now Queen of England. Uh, like her predecessor, Anne of Bohemia, her crossing to England is marred by storms. Uh, many of Richard's ships are lost. Uh, and apparently there are other omens of ill tidings, such as a plank of wood in one of Richard's palaces being seen to bleed and suffer a thick swarm of flies.
1: Gosh, listen. <laughs> There's definitely a, just a, there's a dead rat. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible.
0: Um, however, there's much excitement in London at her arrival. Um, huge crowds come to see her process through London for her coronation in January of uh, thirteen ninety seven. Dido sadly, nine people are crushed to death in the scramble for space. Wow! And recall last time Anne of Bohemia, people weren't really all that excited oh, yeah, about were, it.
1: Like, what's she doing here?
0: Yeah. Because that was all part of the thinking, why are we marrying someone from Bohemia? There's no money from them. What's going on? Mm. In this case, French princess, loads of money. It feels a bit yeah. more exciting. Mm. Um, it's a magnificent ceremony. Richard spent something like two million pounds on the festivities. What's that today? Maybe that is today. Okay. I feel like it must be today. It must be. Surely. Otherwise, that's all the money in the world. <laughs> that's all her dowry done, anyway. <laughs> um, and this very much set the tone for the luxurious style of living that Isabella would now enjoy as Queen of England. She bought a wardrobe rich with uh, magnificent clothes, jewellery, heavy tapestries. And before he returned to England, Frassart observed that uh, never did any king of England keep such state spending as much as te- uh, 100,000 florins a year to maintain his household. Mm. A lot. A lot. Uh, Now, although the public had been excited to see Isabella, not everyone was so enamoured of the match. Many of the nobles, as we've been saying, are still keen on war, and they don't see any particular advantage to the match, as, again, Froissart relates. They have told him that the French princess is too young, and that in five or six years she will still be too young. To which he replies that, God willing, she will grow older each year. Uh, I don't know if that's funny or creepy. Uh, And that he would prefer she were too young than too old. Yeah... Uh, he adds that if he marries her young he can bring her up according to his own desires and educate her in the manners of the english and that he is still young enough himself to wait until she reaches the age to be a wife
1: okay yeah, i mean yeah
0: now i mean to modern ears this sounds rather unpleasantly like grooming yeah um and indeed to a certain extent obviously it is
1: yeah grooming. that's exactly
0: what he's saying he literally what saying. the word was yes he said it. <laughs> um he treats her very kindly, though. Obviously, it's not unusual for yeah. children to be getting married. He treats her very kindly. By law, the marriage can't be consummated until she's 12 years old, which, of course, is still incredibly young by our standards. But in terms mm. of her marrying mm. at seven, she's, yeah. there's no suggestion there's going to be any physical relationship for yeah, a good. number of years. Uh, he seems to have doted on her, almost like she's sort of the daughter that he and Anne never has. Oh,
1: again, again oh, uh, sweet and creepy at the yeah. same
0: time. Uh, she decided that she should reside at Windsor Castle, which, unlike other palaces, doesn't have too many painful memories of all those times that he spent with his last oh, wife. Yeah. So it's sort of somewhere different. Mm. Uh, so he can start again. Visits her frequently, entertains her in conversation, lavishes her with gifts. Uh, there's one example when um, they were both together, and the Bishop of Durham gave Richard a present of a, a whistle inlaid with various precious stones. Mm. Uh, and on receiving it, he immediately just gives it to Isabella. We, yeah, we, what's he going to do with that?
1: <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's re- that's what I meant about the tents, really. It's rubbish back in those days. The presents are always just stuff that you actually... Stuff with jewels that you just is normal put, put stuff, somewhere. But, yeah, put a jewel on it. Yeah, It's like my children's approach to art. Just do something and stick a jewel on it. Yeah. I mean, mine's no better, but <laughs> where are the Nintendos? Yes. Is what I'm saying. Um, I can see this really appealing
0: to Richard, that relationship because of his spectacular arrogance. Well, and also, we discussed last time this suggestion that he and Anna Bohemia might have had a chaste marriage Mm. because Richard took a strong interest in Edward the Confessor uh, who was alleged to have had a, a chaste marriage and may well have kind of almost been okay with the idea of not having an heir. He seems to have actually liked the idea of just being this sort of chaste and holy figure. So he would have been quite happy that it's many years before there's even any pressure on him to yeah. have an heir, yeah. with having of marrying Isabella so young. And you wonder whether he actually ever intends to have an heir with her at all. Mm. Mm. Good point. So it's quite a long time that he can leave it before people can start to say, look, you really should have done something about this by now.
1: He's bought some time, hasn't he? Mm. Or whether he's been paid.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't know. But so, at least from our perspective, we can rest safe and assured that nothing is happening. Yep, lovely. Anytime soon. Um, Unfortunately for Richard, uh, conflict with the nobles is very much on the agenda. They're not particularly satisfied with his uh, explanation for why this is a great match. Oh, right. Well, because of the peace thing. The peace thing, and also, though, well, she'll get older every day. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but... But we need a king.
1: I always think that... um, That nobles are actually just trying to be king themselves, so they'd probably quite like this situation. But they're craving stability now, after a hundred years' war, I guess.
0: Well, I guess also it's like, if we have to have peace, then at least let's have an heir. Mm. Mm. Um, But for some of the nobles, peace is definitely not a good thing. He'd clashed with the nobles in the late uh, 1380s, most notably one of his uncles, the Duke of Gloucester. But we'd had eight years of peace after that, where everyone seems to have cooperated quite effectively. But Gloucester is one of the most prominent opponents to the idea of peace with France, and he makes various plots to imprison Richard and Isabella in the Tower of London and replace them with one of Richard's cousins. Oh, gosh. So just straightforward treason? Straightforward treason. So when it's revealed to Richard, he has uh, Gloucester ambushed, arrested, shipped off to Calais, and strangled in his cell.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, And co-conspirators, the Earls of Arundel and Warwick, are um, executed and exiled. One of them is executed. One of them is <laughs> oh right, yeah. I'd have just gone the straightforward execution, not the day trip
1: the booze cruise to Calais and do it <laughs> yeah. surreptitiously.
0: I guess it was out of sight, out of mind. Was maybe Richard's idea with the Calais?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, in 1398, Isabella and her ladies, likely in a prime position to watch the spectacle of a duel to the death between the Earl Marshal and Henry Bolingbroke. Uh, Bolingbroke, being the son of John of Gaunt, Duke of Lancaster, and Richard's. Uh, He's well, one of Richard's one. uncles, Bolingbroke, uh, heroic cousin, therefore, of Richard.
1: Yeah, he's another one. He's in that group. He's in the group of that net of people that keeps getting fatter with, <laughs> uh, who is it? Gaunt, Bolingbroke, uh, who's there? Henry III, Mortimer, mm-hmm. and, who, yeah. De he, Montfort. De Montfort. Those four guys. They're, that I mean, they could be like a... Um,
0: it's a little like the four musketeers throughout history. <laughs> well, I think Bolingbroke, as you see, maybe you should be able to differentiate him from the others. Okay. Um, so Richard turns this event, um, this conflict between the two nobles, he turns it into this magnificent spectacle. So oh, right. rather than it being this private thing, it's like full on, the entire court is there, yeah. you know. Isabella of it. us, will be watching with the ladies, it's all very exciting. Um, but as both men start to charge, Richard dramatically intervenes, stops the fight, and exiles both of them.
1: Uh, Oh, it's all pre-planned, do you think?
0: Power trip. Yeah. Um, When John of Gaunt, Bolingbroke's father, dies in 1399, Richard doesn't let Bolingbroke inherit his dukedom or his titles and keeps him in permanent exile.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So Richard's increasingly unpopular. He's made enemies, really, of all the great noble families of England, including, you know, his own uncles Mm. and cousins and whatnot.
1: Is that one of those sliding door moments? If if he hadn't... Because I know I think I remember who Bolingbroke is mm. if he had let them fight to the death
0: mm.
1: he might have got rid of the problem
0: or he just straight up executed him because they both basically the reason for the fight is they both accuse each other of treason, oh right, so he could have found them both guilty <laughs> yeah
1: okay and um so that him intervening was actually meant to be a was an example just of his uh lust for peace but also his sort of
0: uh What's, what's his forgiveness of for those two yes but also I suppose his uh, power that he is the ultimate arbiter the fact that he then sends them mm. both away
1: massively disappointed though if you go get tickets oh, yeah. to the Wimbledon final yeah and just at that point uh, Queen Elizabeth comes out and says stop
0: yeah <laughs> I just can't. you're not going to play and Roger Federer and Nadal are never coming back again yeah so that's not really what we came for yeah that's <laughs> massively honest. unpopular <laughs> Um, indeed, Richard is massively unpopular. He uh, he announces in 1399 a grand tournament to be held at Windsor. He sends messages all across the kingdom, even off to Scotland, for people, knights, to come and fight. He holds this great banquet uh, in full state with Isabella, but Frassart uh, recorded, very few lords attended, for at least two-thirds of the English knights and squires were strongly hostile to the king. There was almost no one there. Well, because... There's every chance he'll just say, now cancel cancelled it. <laughs> yeah. No wonder. Um, all of this will likely have been very confusing for Isabella because the Richard that she sees is very kind, attentive and generous, but these public displays mm. of opposition must have made it clear to her something's not right mm. in the country. Uh, later that year, Richard leaves England to go and campaign in Ireland. Right. So as I said, peace with France. Yeah. And the last thing he does before uh, leaving London to go off to Bristol is to say farewell to Isabella at Windsor. Mm. Um, She was said to have sobbed, begged him not to go. Um, Apparently, she was full of fear that there was all this folklore that England, uh, that Ireland was full of warlocks and witches. (laughs) Um, But he promises her that he'll only be gone a short time and would soon return. Mm. But in fact, they will never see each other again. What? Hmm. While Richard is in Ireland, Bolingbroke uh, returns. Uh, to reclaim his duchy
1: yeah. of
0: Lancaster, but um, on returning, people flock to him, and it soon turns into a full-scale rebellion. Oh, right! He wasn't planning this. Doesn't seem to have been planning it, but yeah. it just sort of uh, escalates yeah. quickly. Okay. Um, Richard is captured on his return and forced to abdicate on the twenty-ninth of September, thirteen ninety-nine, in favour of his cousin Bolingbroke, who thus becomes Henry the Fourth.
1: Oh, right. It's his cousin. His cousin. Yeah, you
0: said that. Yeah, because yeah, John of Gaunt is one of Richard's uncles, and Bolingbroke is the son of John of Gaunt.
1: Okay, and that's that his his line. Mm. Okay, I mean it's it's it, it feels like that this murky bit of history, <laughs> for a moment the mists have passed parted, yeah. and they're receding back. But for a moment, I got it. Then thank you. So Henry the Fourth is the first
0: Lancastrian king. Oh, because now it's War of the Roses. Mm. Yeah, okay. Moving into a new era. Um, Henry had promised Richard his protection on his capture, i.e. he won't harm him, but his advisors warned that because of Isabella being the daughter of the King of France, the French King, or at least the French Regency Council, will likely make war and try and restore Richard to the throne. And thus, mm. obviously, Isabella restored as queen. Yeah. Um, following a plot to restore Richard in 1400, uh, he was starved to death, probably dying on the 14th of February at Pontefract Castle.
1: Wow! What a horrible? Why? Why does that I mean? Just it's the old knife.
0: Well, I guess then they've not strictly speaking killed him. Oh, a whole saintly business. Oh, mm-hmm. um, uh, when
1: when you are when you know you are trying to kill them though. Yes. That who are they fooling? <laughs> <laughs> you know, There's something wrong here. Either they don't believe in that nonsense, or they are quite have quite a bizarre
0: relationship with the truth. There are a lot of technicalities that they abide by and adhere to.
1: Yeah, yeah, very strange.
0: Well, poor old chap. Poor chap, but of course, what of Isabella in all of this? Um, She was initially based at Portchester Castle... Oh, yeah. It's up near Portsmouth. Um, um, Roman well, job, that. Indeed, yeah. Um, that's when he's in Ireland. Um, she's then sent to Wallingford Castle for her safety by uh, the Duke of York, which is Richard's last surviving uncle. Mm. Um, so this is when, obviously, Bolingbroke comes over and he thinks, all oh, this is a bit tricky. Uh, she then goes to Leeds Castle. Which wh- is hers. Which is hers, yes, as yeah. Queen, where uh, a delegation of prominent citizens broke up her household. Her French servants are sent back to France and Richard's English supporters are dismissed from their posts.
1: So is Bolingbroke married at this point? Uh, He's not married at this point. He's widowed at this point. All right. So there's no direct competition for her yet?
0: Uh, Well, we'll see. Because there's obviously a question about what to do with her. Yeah. Following a plot to restore Richard, uh, and indeed following Richard's death, Henry IV moves her to Sonning Palace, which is the residence of the Bishop of Salisbury near Reading. Mm. And she's effectively kept under house arrest. And she's also really kept in the dark for quite a long time about what has happened to Richard. So she doesn't really know what's going on.
1: And she's 12 or something?
0: Uh, yes, yeah, so 13 of 1,400, so... Yeah, 11. Yeah. 11 going on 12. Uh, indeed, rumours spread that Richard has actually escaped and is alive, and there's this unlikely story that he'd escaped to sanctuary uh, with the Lord of the Isles in Scotland, mm. which may have given her some false hope that uh, he was coming back. Uh, Henry IV allows a French delegation to visit her, but under strict instructions not to make any mention of Richard. Right. She received them sweetly and demanded of them how the French king her father did and the queen her mother. They said, well, and so communed with her a great season. They kept well their promises, for they spoke no word of King Richard." They then took their leave of the Queen and returned to London.
1: What's the point of that, then?
0: Just checking she's all right. Okay. Popping in. Because the French, of course, are yeah. furious about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Charles yeah. VI, who's a bit more lucid, it seems, at this time, refuses mm. to recognise Henry as king, and obviously refuses to recognise the degradation of his daughter, mm. who's meant to be the Queen of England, and now Henry is...
1: Yeah, so, he, so unless Henry sorts something out with Isabella... There's going to be war. Like, if he kills her, there's war. Uh, Yeah, definitely can't
0: kill her, that's the...
1: So, he needs to give her some...
0: Like, something needs to occur, doesn't it? Something needs to happen, and the French demand that she is returned, along with her dowry, all of her possessions, which is quite a lot of money, as we uh, established earlier. But
1: for peace with France, that's not a bad cost, right?
0: Yeah, it is is a lot of money. Mm um and obviously and Henry's not in that strong a position you know he's taken the throne it's mm. all a bit because we obviously we had Edward the second usurped um a few episodes ago but that was in favor of his son and heir Henry the 4th is not the mm. heir to the throne
1: so could he use this as war with France get those nobles on the side cuz they love a bit and they you know off we he, go to
0: France he could do but he's going to have money problems though okay
1: that's the trouble with everything
0: isn't it money mm. um so, Henry refuses, and this is the response. The Englishman would in no ways deliver her, but said she should live still in England upon her dowry. I, she can stay here, be lovely, we'll keep the money, look after her, it's fine. And that though she had lost her husband, they would provide for her another. That should be fair, young and gentle, with whom she should be better pleased than with Richard, for he was old. And this should be the Prince of Wales' eldest son to King Henry. Oh. So, Henry the Fourth is saying... How about she stays here, marries my son, and then she will be Queen of England again. And if she marries my
1: son, you owe me another 70 mil.
0: <laughs> and then we will have a second, we'll <laughs> keep the first one, arrange for a second one. But he's thinking, we don't have to send her back, we don't have to return the dowry, we don't have to have this awkward break with France, she marries my son. That's pretty tidy. Very tidy, it's great for me, it really establishes me as king, because you're now... I've got a succession. Exactly, yeah. all nicely done. Uh, and it would mean that Isabella would become only the second queen in English history after Emma of Normandy to be queen to two different kings Canute. Canute and previously Athelred the Unready. Look
1: at that. It's all like this right, isn't
0: it? <laughs> um, so, hoping to bring Isabella on side, the match is then suggested to her because mm. it would be great if she can write home and say, oh, daddy, I really want to marry the Prince of Wales. Da, da, da. Um, this is probably the point at which she is actually made aware that Richard's dead because the fact that they are now talking about arranging a new marriage means she's no longer married. Mm. Uh, Unsurprisingly, the news devastates her and she estranged herself from all occasions of pleasure or comfort and was accompanied with a heavy train composed to sorrow, both in behaviour and attire.
1: Yeah, there are two bits of information. Mm. Give her that and then find out what she thinks.
0: Uh, and impressively, she very firmly rejects marriage to Henry's son.
1: I think that's just experimenting with power, isn't it? Rather mm. than anything sensible.
0: So she says no, she will not marry Henry the Fourth's son. Uh, and in 1401, with that rejection, Henry is forced to send her back to France uh, with all of her jewels, but not her dowry.
1: Well, that hasn't worked out for anyone. No. <laughs> that's rubbish.
0: And basically, where there's been a kind of temporary... Well, technically, there's a permit, there's a 28 year truce or whatever it is mm. that's still left, but it's kind of continued during this point. But basically, as soon as Isabella's is back, French start attacking English ships, and
1: yeah, I mean, it is at least it's just it's like there's been a prisoner exchange. There's no direct hostilities, but you know, it's just right. We're back to normal now.
0: Well, except it's a prisoner exchange in which only one side had a prisoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like the other side, it's like they've really rattled. There's a wasp. Yeah. And they've been shaking it, and they're like, oh, I don't think we want to let it out. Yeah. And it's like, "But there's a really big wasp over there that says they're going to get us. And it's like, the only thing stopping them technically is us. They're releasing this one. Releasing this yeah. one. And yet, at the same time, if we don't release this one, they're going to come and get her.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let it out, and sort of
0: run away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Isabella, back in France, and uh, no longer the Queen of England. No, and won't be a Queen Mother either. No, and she's still only 12 years old.
1: Oh, good grief. Uh,
0: her father's delighted at her return, having been sort of unusually proactive in pushing for her to come back. Uh, but it's a significantly diminished state in which she returns. As queen, she'd had her own household, ladies, she lived in great luxury. Now she's effectively a child again, part of her parents' household, and requiring another marriage to be arranged on her behalf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, careful what you wish for there. Because, yeah, going from a
1: 12 year old with almost ultimate power yeah. to. Going back to live with your parents? Yeah. It's like waking up from a dream. Yeah. I imagine she was pretty comfy, though. She's still a princess. Uh,
0: She receives no mention whatsoever from French chroniclers, who seem to be far more focused on her mother, who's now a figure of great controversy with factions at court and rumours of affairs. Hostile accounts paint her as something of a cruel mother, sending Isabella and the other children away with their mad father in 1403. Um, And then 1404, she moved them all to Mellon, although, to be fair, that was to escape an outbreak of the plague in Paris. Mellon? Uh, M-E-L-U-N.
1: Hmm. Well, last week we had Mr. Cantaloupe. <laughs> I
0: think you're trying to... You've got some, <laughs> some,
1: someone has emailed in and asked you to fit in as many melons as you can. Uh, in
0: 1406, Henry IV made one last try to convince the French to uh, let Isabella marry his son, but they refused once more. And instead, her mother announces that uh, Isabella will marry Charles, the eldest son of the Duke of Orléans. Uh, now, Charles is five years younger than Isabella of Valois, so just 11 years old to her 16. Gosh, she can't catch a break, can she? Um, Isabella tells her mother that she can never love anyone other than Richard and rather, would rather die or join a convent than marry Charles. Mm. Uh, unlike Henry IV, however, her mother was not to be intimidated and they're married anyway. Right. Uh, Isabella reportedly weeping through the ceremony. Mm.
1: Oh, gosh, like peep show.
0: Uh, despite this bad start, though, uh, they soon became very happy together. Uh, like Richard, Charles is very aesthetically minded. He's an aspiring and uh, later much celebrated poet. Mm. Uh, they both enjoy hunting and hawking together. Isabella is of an unusually proficient rider, having uh, uh, done a lot of this whilst in England.
1: Well, so who's this fellow? He's, he's the son of the Duke of Orleans. Just So he will be Duke of Orleans she'll be duchess of orleans
0: indeed and rather sooner than planned it's a fraught period in french history the power vacuum left by isabella's father yeah. being mad uh, sees tensions at court build towards civil war between the supporters of the dukes of orleans and the dukes of burgundy
1: okay so the
0: royals are going to be orleans because mm. they've got their daughter there is that right uh yeah well it's been a bit of both they're kind of i mean both lines are sort of royal oh, right, okay. from kind of brothers of kings etc. But in 1407, Charles's father, the Duke, is assassinated the uh, Duke of Orléans is assassinated on the orders of the Duke of Burgundy. Uh-oh. Who, uh, who then escapes punishment. Why? Uh, well, uh, okay. All Monster stuff the French, in court, French indeed. Uh, in 1408, Charles's mother, to whom he was very close, also dies. So this leaves him a 14-year-old Duke in the midst of a civil war with four young siblings to look after. Mm, poor bloke. But well, he does, however, have Isabella. Yeah. And on the 1st of September, 1409, she gives birth to a daughter.
1: Oh. Oh, and actually she's a bit older. So mm. and as so she's 20 now. Yeah, or so 19,
0: she's, actually, she's not quite 20.
1: So she's maybe got a lot of power in this situation. Mm.
0: She's sort of the last sort of person of strength and... Yeah, that he's related he's got. to. Tragically, however... On the thirteenth of September, following complications from the birth, Isabella dies, not quite nineteen years old. Oh, poor woman. That's awful. Uh,
1: well, um, just before we finish her, what becomes of him?
0: Uh, we'll talk about him in the uh, Privy Chamber episode. Okay. So we'll sign up for that if you want to hear more about oh, Charles. Okay, but yeah, he does go on to live. He spends a lot of time uh, in England. Gets captured in battle. All oh, right. Uh, and becomes and becomes celebrated poet. He's devastated at her death. Um he went on to marry another two times, but thirty seven years later he's still arranging for a mass to be heard on the anniversary of her death for the excellent and most generous lady, Isabella. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's that sort of first love's teenager.
1: And yeah, and exactly what she felt for Richard, that mm. whole yeah. you can't yeah, it's taken too soon.
0: Uh, and he also wrote a poem, The Fairest Thing in Mortal eyes," for her, which I'll uh, read an extract from. Oh, you know I love poetry. I love a bit right? of poetry. We'll have the full version in the year uh, Oh, good. <laughs> to make my lady's obsequies, my love a minister wrought, and in the chantry service there was sung by doleful thought. The tapers were of burning sighs that light and odour gave, and sorrows painted over with tears illuminated her grave. And round about in quaintest guise was carved within this tomb there lies the fairest thing in mortal eyes.
1: I paid a penny's deposit to visit the water closet, <laughs> but when I got there, I only blew air, and that wasn't a penny's worth, was it?
0: <laughs> a very uh, sombre and moving <laughs> contribution. <laughs> um, she was initially interred in Blois in the Abbey of uh, Saint-Lama, though after a grave was discovered in 1624, she was transferred to the Church of the Celestines in Paris. Oh, nice. So, apparently not one of the ones whose bones were then just pulled out and... Uh, Oh, yeah. Picked up. Yeah. As we had a bohemia. Mm. Uh But that was the life, well, the short life and consortship of Isabella of France. No. 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 Correct, but no. <laughs> that was the life and consortship of Isabella of Valois. We'll review her after a short break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nice. Um, We might not be expecting an awful lot here. No. Uh, But this is very much going to be her best. Yeah,
1: there's nothing else she's got. Uh, In
0: 1400, when Richard II had abdicated but uh, was still alive, there was a rebellion, the uh, Epiphany Rising, led by various senior nobles who planned to capture and murder Henry IV and restore Richard to the throne. Okay. Uh, And they visited Isabella uh, at Sonning uh, to tell her of their supposed success, and uh, John Hayward described Isabella's reaction. She defaced King Henry's arms, as in... On the walls, not his actual... Oh, right, walls. yeah, yeah. "...and plucked away his cognizance from those his servants that attended upon her, and having in some sort satisfied her womanish anger with <laughs> his harmless spite, she and the lords departed together, first to Wallingford and from thence to Abingdon, stirring the people by the way to take armour and to rise in aid of King Richard, who was, said they, and is and should be their prince." Yeah. So this is suggesting that she has this... uh Flash oh, of womanly anger, right. and yeah. then off she marches with the okay. rebels, trying to yeah. raise an army. Uh, get rid of Henry.
1: I thought you were saying they'd gone there to tell her of
0: their successful... Uh, some success. So not the complete victory, but... Okay. Like, we're, she's on got the, we're on the way to Wembley.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I um I was thinking that there would have to be an awkward conversation like when she defaced the arms and then got hopped on the coach and said, right, where are we going? Where first? Um, so...
0: We've got a bit more to do. We're quite finished yet.
1: So, uh... Might have oversold this. Before you get too carried
0: (laughs) away... Unfortunately, of course, the rebellion is uh, soon put down. uh, And supposedly, thus, Isabella returned to captivity and Richard murdered.
1: Yeah, that's a hard fall.
0: Now, I've got to say, I've not seen this referenced in many history books. Other than seem to be kind of quite old. Victorian ones... I suspect that this is an exaggeration and that Isabella doesn't actually go on the march with the rebel army.
1: No, I suspect she probably did at one point like draw on, you know, that's quite a small rebellion, isn't it? To <laughs> go, blah, blah, and sort of just throw a banana at the wall and it has his coat of arms on it.
0: And it may be that new the nobles do get news to her that they're having this rebellion and they may be give her reason to believe it's going better than it actually is and that she does then does this sort of display of rebelliousness and anger against Henry but I think she probably didn't go on a no, rebel right. march but this does tap into a sort of slightly more combative and determined aspect of her character that does ring true particularly in her attitude towards henry IV. Um, as he said after richard's death when they demand isabella be returned to them henry the fourth suggests she be betrothed oh, yeah. to his eldest son uh, who's of course the future henry V. Mm. and when the match was suggested to isabella she demanded and surprisingly apparently received an audience with henry mm. the fourth and rejected him in no uncertain terms Being now therefore in that distress that there remain to me neither thing to desire nor thought to obtain, I am come only to put you in remembrance what benefits with what ingratitude you have required, that in my heaviest misshape I may conceive this vain satisfaction to have reproved you openly to your face.' And albeit ambition has hitherto blinded your judgment, yet shame will shortly cause you to discern that you possess only an appearance of honor set upon you by a few flatterers, which will easily be defaced by those infamies which our just complaints shall blazon through the world. Your own conscience also shall torment you and compel you to condemn yourself to the severest punishments which treason and parasite can deserve. And albeit may seem by success that God in his secret judgment has furthered your proceedings, yet assure yourself he has not favoured them. But your dominion begun with cruelty shall in you or in your progeny end with contempt." As for my dishonour, I will not offend the law of modesty in being overcarried with remembrance thereof, being fully purposed to make light account of any disgrace of fortune afterward, yet I make little doubt, but it shall also appear to be instantly recompensed with revenge. That is awesome. Did it happen? <laughs> to which Henry goes, mm-hmm. so uh, that's a no then, is it?
1: <laughs> no, right, see you <laughs> out. Is she a witch? Does this actually happen?
0: <laughs> the full authenticity is of course questioned um the fact that some of the things she's saying, like about if not in you, then in your progeny, yeah. feels a bit prophetic. It feels yeah. like it's may be written after the fact
1: but I mean, it is something that she'd like you to say
0: like, yeah i mean it's it may be that the exact words have been sort of Shakespeare yeah. style written to take into account everything that happens many years after they've both died, but I think the actual and maybe even was it Henry IV himself or was it a delegation of senior nobles and prelates that come to put the point mm. to her? Mm. So the exactitude of it perhaps isn't all exactly as described, but I think the principle of the fact that a delegation sent by Henry IV that said, we want you to marry Henry yeah. V, and that she fiercely and vociferously says no, that sort of inner steel and composure that, like, you know, we've had with Isabella of France, I think particularly like a French princess and like you said the best of the best she's the eldest daughter yeah. eldest child of the french king yeah she does will have been brought up with this sense that she is like the most important you know woman in the world well, and
1: and she's does use that i mean if there's any element of truth there she does use that uh she knows what power she has as the daughter of the king of france to publicly rebuke mm. Or publicly, even if she doesn't use those words and even if it is to a delegation to turn the king down.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um And ultimately, this is enough for Henry to have to cede ground and say, okay, well, that's not happening then and he does mm. th- then send her back.
1: Yeah. yeah. Who so does he does... marry in the end?
0: Henry V. Mm. Well, uh, Henry V marries Catherine de Valois who is a younger sister of Isabella. Oh, so in the end, oh, it's a very similar match. So instead of marrying Isabella, Henry V actually marries her younger so sister King, Catherine.
1: So the new the King of France, the new King of France, must reckon. Oh, hang on. But
0: that all happens later when yeah. um, Henry V goes on his wars and has these huge great victories mm. uh, and. There's such divisions in France that they basically decide we would rather have this honourable, well, honourable, you know, this English king is preferable to the rival dukes that we're fighting with. Yeah. Uh, and as part of that, Henry marries Catherine de Valois, and that agreement was that he would be king of France. So that's what you were thinking of earlier.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Again, the mists are, mists are coming back, but yeah, that was a nice moment of um, clarity. clarity. Yeah.
0: It's, one of the, it's one of those weird things where when we're talking about Richard II, it feels such a completely different period of history to then be talking about Henry V. Exactly. So the idea that Henry V is potentially marrying this person yeah. and actually ends up marrying her sister... It's yeah. like we're talking about Edward III marrying Anne Boleyn or something. It yeah. just seems like completely wrong. And the fact that Richard II is only 30 years old, Isabella of Valois is only 12, or well, only 11, yeah. when all this happens.
1: It means there's a great big period of history to come. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Well, there we go. Isn't, that, hmm. isn't history fascinating?
0: Other than this, though, of course, there's not really much to go on for battling this for Isabella. She doesn't really get a chance in England. She almost certainly would have been in the thick of things of France, where things were getting very...
1: Yeah, fighty
0: fighty. But for France, of course, she then dies in childbirth, probably just as things are about to get mm. fighty fighty. So she doesn't really get the opportunity. So it really is just this uh, standing up to Henry the Fourth.
1: I, look, I mean, that is pretty good though. Mm. It's
0: about a three. Maybe mm. anyway, two and a half, just because it's a moment.
1: Yeah. But it's all she could
0: do. It's all she could do. She mm. shows that she got the chops potentially. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I like it. So, three for you, two and a half for me. That's five and a half for baffliness. Scandal. Unfortunately, I've got absolutely nothing. No.
1: Well, I mean, um, rejecting the king, maybe?
0: It's not really scandalous, is it?
1: No, we've already given it the points.
0: I fear that's a zero for scandal. Yeah.
1: Subjectivity.
0: And again, I fear <laughs> I've got absolutely nothing. Yeah. We have nothing at all of her doing anything or pardons or intercessions or anything like that.
1: No, nope. it's a zero, isn't it? Longevity.
0: Well, she is queen, so she's going to get some points here. She is queen consort from the 31st of October, 1396 to the 29th of September, 1399,
1: oh. which is uh, 2.92 years. God, I thought it was even longer than that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, which gives her a score of 4 out of 20, which is 48th overall.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, yeah.
0: it's low. Very low.
1: Dynasty! Not the uh,
0: And obviously, of course, she doesn't have any children by Richard, which uh, gives her a dynasty score of...
1: Exactly that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that picked up, but... Yeah. Zero
0: yeah. out of 20, which is joint 42nd overall. She did have a one child by her second husband in 1409, a daughter named Joan. But it's only children by the monarch that mm. count. Uh, so overall then, she has a total score of 9.5, Ooh. which I've got to say is not the highest we've ever had. In fact, is it the lowest? It's not the lowest. It's uh, 28th out of the 31. 28 out of the 31 that we've done thus far.
1: Yeah, that's really poor.
0: Yeah, but particularly bear in mind that some of those, we basically just know the name and how long they were there for. Yeah, that's not good. It's not at all good. But it's not all about the score. Does she have that certain something, that lasting legacy, the great achievement and star quality that we call... Rex Factor! No. No. I mean, she showed a bit of spirits. Yeah. She could have been only the second English queen to be queen to two different kings. She could have had a major involvement in the French Civil Wars. She might have gone on to a very fascinating and uh, impressive uh, life, but her life was a a tragically short one with not an awful lot of luck.
1: Yeah. No. is a no. It's
0: got to be a no for Isabella Valois, sadly. She never really got her chance.
1: Correspondence Corner
0: So that was the life and consortship of uh, Isabella of Valois Let us know what you thought about her If you'd like to get in touch You can find us on Twitter and Instagram Where we are at Rex Factor Pod Like the Rex Factor Podcast Facebook page Or email Podcast at hotmail.com And remember to send in your hashtag consort cards Yeah Not sure, what would the image of this one be? Whacking uh, a little girl uh, wagging her finger yeah. at Henry Fourth.
1: Exactly, an upset uh, It would be a temper tantrum
0: We'll try and get something that looks less creepy than the uh, contemporary image that we've got of Richard with
1: Oh, dear. Yeah, that is everything I worried about.
0: Yeah, that really does bring home the 30-year-old and 6-year-old yeah. aspect of the marriage. Oh, dear. I don't like Richard at all. I th- I, at the start of this, thing saying he's great. What's yeah. going wrong? <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe on whatever podcast provider you use. Donate monthly to join the Privy Council and get lots of bonus content at www.patreon.com forward slash rexfactor. And we have some formerly new Privy Councillors to welcome to the fold. Taryn Strong. Kat Meyer. rnpvnq 7 PX6. Charlie Good. Fletch SW1. Q Campania. History of the World Podcast. Hey. Catherine Calchetta. London Julie. Sheena. Emily Red and Michelle Gibson. Hey, thanks guys. And we've got some messages from our long ago new Privy Councillors. First up, Andy Ball. Hi team. Hello. I've been listening for a few months now and just coming up to Edward VIII. I'm constantly bowled over by the level of research and storytelling as well as bringing phrases such as criking Moses to my attention.
1: Well, I I trust that you use it with with care. With great power comes great responsibility. You you can't just go
0: waggling that around. Excellent stuff, and I hope you keep podcasting for a long time, even if you do end up needing to do Aztec Chiefs for fresh material. (laughs) Shanna 1003 says, Thank you for making such a fun and informative podcast. I love history, so I always wish there were more episodes or podcasts like yours.
1: That's nice. I'm not
0: sure if you've got a uh, a pithy response. or just uh, (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Rob Finch very helpfully mentions all the bonus content available to Privy Councilors oh yeah by the holy face of Luca there's a lot of Privy Council episodes thanks for the last 10 years of monarchical joy even though I've only been listening for the last 3 and have been extremely slow to earn my ermine as a Privy (laughs) Councilor Sonny, we've Uh, got a good one there uh, Sham Shomar says I've been listening for years love you all gents and Simon Horscroft says that this is a birthday present for my son Simon who introduced me to Rex Factor many years ago
1: hey. thinking
0: about it maybe that's Simon's dad rather than Simon unless they're both called Simon
1: possible isn't it <laughs> I mean if we've learned anything from Rex Factor is they have no actually I was about to really offend a listener then you they have no imagination <laughs> when it comes to names
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, outside of Privy Counselor messages Dan Drivers got in touch with a rather controversial point about Henry II Mm. Hi. Been loving the podcast for years and just restarted it for the third time. Woo! I've loved the men- first mention of Dunstan, where Ali says, he sounds like a nice man. No,
1: I didn't <laughs> say that.
0: I have to say, though, that I've listened to Henry the Second four times and cannot see why he won. He had good chap- he had good subjectivity, but did little other than marry well, and he even stuffed up that and created a rebellion. I don't think he would be on the Rex Factor mountain at all, as Eleanor would be stood next to the mighty Edgar, with Emma on his other side. Huh. Edgar would definitely be atop the mountain without even needing his sword, and he possibly could have controlled the tide.
1: Um, I'm,
0: I can't argue with that. I don't remember. What? <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember Henry the Second, the Rex Factor champion of champions? Oh, him. <laughs> yeah. No, he was great, wasn't he? He won. Yeah, because we get messages from people about sort of the old English monarchs, and... <laughs> We think, what would it be like if we were to do them again? Mm. And I do think Henry II is one of those ones where there's a lot of the nuance of the Angevin Empire and how you hold all of that together, which I think when we first did him, would have been more than my research would really have allowed me to fully bring out. But I think actually the impressive way that he holds that huge amount of territory together, the way that he achieves dominance... Yeah, over the French the way he puts down that great rebellion which is so many people including obviously Eleanor his sons the king of France Mm -hmm. and various other people Um, it is impressive it's great subjectivity all the laws English common law and stuff and I think we undermarked him for subjectivity in that he didn't get a 20
1: really? what did he get?
0: I think 18 or something like that
1: it would be I need to have a listen
0: but I one. I think it'd be interesting to do him again because I think we'd be able to bring out a bit more of that nuance of why it's so impressive because he doesn't have, like, a Battle of Agincourt moment or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, maybe that's right. If, yeah, we should look at... Um, that'd be a good special, wouldn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. And now for some consort limericks. Uh, first of all, a non-Louise one. Okay. <laughs> this one is from uh, Beth Piazza for Eleanor of Castile. Determined Eleanor of Castile used her position to steal. Land from the gentry was quite elementary since no court would hear an appeal.
1: <laughs> Very good.
0: Unless <laughs> she's got a second verse. In November 1290 she died. In anguish besotted Edward cried. He commissioned twelve crosses which affirmed who the boss is and so their love no one denied.
1: Oh, oh that's a nice little
0: <laughs> second verse. Uh, and then also on Eleanor of Castile, Louise Brumacombe. Mm poor eleanor's whole life was spent having babies wherever she went in south aquitaine palestine on campaign and north wales in a building site tent
1: <laughs> I, she's just got
0: such a funny sense of humor
1: <laughs> it's really good i don't mean to do i don't mean to do the uh, the other effort down which ran to two verses and was absolutely super as well but i don't know
0: it's picking out the bit to do, I think we've said before, yeah. isn't it? That's the, uh, that's the genius of it. Um, anyway, that's all from us today and Isabella of Valois. Our next uh, episode will be an interview with the historian Charles Spencer. Oh, what? Uh, about his book on the White Ship Disaster.
1: Um, I really did enjoy that other limerick. I don't know why. I, 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 just, I think it's just because
0: I knew the other You just ones really then. love Louise's. Um,
1: thank you so much for everyone getting in touch, especially if you've gone to the trouble to write a limerick. <laughs> I mean, that's fabulous. Thank
0: you. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.